There's so much to unpack here. So number one. I just opened a box of worms. Can of worms. Can. A box of worms. A box of dicks. Bag of dicks. I don't know. started with season three season three episode one i've been so excited about this it took us a casual six months to get it started um but i feel like it was necessary needed i don't know shit happens shit happens and in that six months i don't know a lot of shit has happened for me per se so i don't know about you shit a lot of shit well I say we get started talking about your shit. You, we are still, for our listeners, we're in two different states. However. Still. Different states. Yeah. But we're really close. Now it's same time zone. So travel is now a possibility. So we could get together sometime soon. Yes. And we could actually record in person, which that would be crazy and maybe won't be as like technically difficult. I don't know. We we will find a way <laughs> <laughs> to make it technically difficult. <laughs> yeah. If there's, a, if there's a will, there's a way. Um, I mean, for me personally, like the last six months has been just a little bit of a blur. And mm-hmm. we moved to L.A. just wanting like a change. I think a lot of people have just coming out of quarantine, yeah, just looking at the same four walls and wanting something different. So lockdown just really accelerated a lot of the plans for us. And even though those changes are super exciting, I felt myself super worn down. And to be honest, I think I just had a lot of adrenaline going through me. So I never really understood um, if I was actually like well-adjusted to the changes or adjusting well as they're happening. I think I was just like, this is all so exciting. And yeah. do you ever like make a big life decision? And then you wonder, oh God, is this like my like mental health like condition just like coming out? Like, is this like my manic behavior that's like yeah. coming out or do I really want to make this change? Yeah, Totally. Well, and that was one of the things that I was curious about when you had mentioned, like, I took a moment to, like, check in with myself on how I'm feeling post this move. And I'm curious because so many people are looking to make a change after the pandemic. Like, I think they mentioned there was some statistic I heard about, and I could be bullshitting, but, like, some companies are basically expecting 50% turnover over the next, like, year or so. Because, like, people want to change or they're not going to deal with bullshit anymore, basically. Whatever the reason is, people also just want maybe to move somewhere else and or they want to work remote or they want to go on a hike, the Pacific Crest Trail or whatever it is. But all of that being said, I was curious, like, what, like, what expectations did you have? for the move. Did you expect it to like improve your mental well-being in any way? Like were you trying to escape 
something to some degree. What am I not trying to escape, honestly? (laughs) (laughs) We're Um, all trying to escape. I'm just curious, like, what what your expectations were kind of going into it and the effect that it's had. I think that's, like, a super fair question, and I – at the time, that was like not even a thought in my head. But the one thing we did talk about, we being like me and my like husband, is during lockdown, we were talking about, well, we essentially are losing a year. Mm-hmm. And that means out of this quarantine, we're going to be coming out of it married and maybe we'll be able to have our honeymoon and do all those things that are like celebratory of that, like one moment, but afterwards, then what? Um, We were talking about where do we move? Like, where do we, if we decide to have kids raise them? And in that same moment, I just felt this like deep, deep fear of committing to that next life stage that many of us go into. Like babies? Babies, just like let's not even yeah. say the word. I couldn't even yeah. say it. I couldn't even say it. <laughs> say it, Caroline. Say it. I can't. BBs. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! Like the next stage for us is we live in the city, and like most people, you're gonna start thinking about space and the school district and those have traditionally not been in city centers. And so you move out. And then I thought about what is my life going to be like once I'm out there? And literally, this is not any insult to any parent or anyone who has made this decision, because I think it's a huge decision, especially if you originally lived in a city. It's just something that I have a deep fear of. And what about friends or your social network? You basically become friends with people on your cul-de-sac because you guys all have kids and they all hang out. Yeah. Or parents at the school or whatever. Right. And I'm just like, am I ready to like give over that control? And we talked about like, what do we want for our day to day? Because Mm -hmm. right now we've have no control over our day to day, except like cook at home, work at home. And then we work out at home. Yeah. Right. And like, can't do anything outside. So we were talking about like, where have you always wanted to live? And we talked about, you know, I've never lived by a coast. Like I've never lived on a coast before. And we basically just through like this conversation started narrowing down places and LA was never on our radar until we sort of landed at, you know what? Like when things reopen, it would be nice to just like wake up and it's like a nice 70 degrees and Mm -hmm. walk to go get coffee and be by a beach. And it was purely for selfish reasons and out of fear. But I'm really glad we made this decision because I don't think we would have done it if we hadn't had that conversation and it felt very intentional. Yeah. So long story short, also, super none happy of these are the selfish move. reasons. They're still selfish, right? Like I'm like, I want to move because I want to be able to walk somewhere. What, de- what decision is not selfish true having babies i think is also selfish it is so selfish we need we need to unpack i need to unpack this (laughs) are are we gonna go there we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna alienate some of our 20 listeners (laughs) 
<laughs> I am not season a three, hater. episode one. No, me either. But I think, I mean, all life decisions, I feel like, are selfish in some capacity. Totally. You, you do what you need to for yourself. Right. Like, that could mean I choose not to bring a baby into the world, call that selfish, or I do choose to bring a baby into the world, could also be selfish. I don't know. Totally. Totally. I just, I wanted to do something that felt very intentional for us. Mm-hmm. And so we made this move. It felt, and it still feels great. I just think coming out of lockdown as things are reopening, the city's getting busy again. I'm noticing people mm-hmm. are starting to like, just, it feels more like a city. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah. And so um, over the last two weeks, I started to notice just like reaching a point of emotional and mental burnout, especially um, on like my medication. And so interesting, yeah. That was that was when I had to like really think, and I just like th- always thought I had this level of self awareness to like check in with myself. But what I was honestly was doing was just kind of ignoring all the changes and how I'm feeling about it, and just being like, everything is fine. I'm just so busy with work, yeah. And I used overworking as essentially an excuse to ignore like how I was actually feeling about the move. Yeah, you're like what I needed. Totally. 100%. -hmm. So mental health wise, I'd give it a a solid four. All right. Yeah. Four. My normal being a six or seven. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, (laughs) we're we're never going to be really high up on that scale. Let's be honest. Struggles real every day. But But, you know, Bria, honestly, on the gram – it looks like you've been traveling, doing stuff outside. Doing some stuff. Oh, jeez. I just hit myself. Um, yeah, I've been doing some stuff. Um, I think similarly to you, like, naming, it's definitely, a, like, culture shock even where I've lived for the last several years, seeing things open back up. Like Oregon's been one of the slowest ones to reopen and I've had a couple moments where like I've been places and I'm like, oh my God, this place hasn't been busy in forever. And if anything, places are significantly more busy than they were before because people are all like, oh, I can do things now. So I feel you on that. Like that's definitely been a struggle kind of coming out of all of this from my social anxiety standpoint, like literally was just talking to my therapist about how I avoid places where I know like I can't get parking or where I know there's going to be a big crowd of people. Um, So yeah, I mean, all of us are experiencing a bit of that. For me, the last six months has been I mean, I feel like on one end earlier this year, we've started to be able to like move some of the big things out of the way, right? Election, vaccination, like some of that stuff that's been like bigger and really hard to control has been a relief to kind of like move out of the way a bit. 
But let's be honest, it gets filled with other shit. <laughs> 100%. It always does. Like, now I just have time to think about other things. Um, so I've been doing a lot of, I think, self-reflection, trying to really focus on personal healing. Um, and I think part of that has also been like, you know, recognizing when I need to get out of my four walls too. So we've done a little bit of traveling. One of them though was because it was 115 fucking degrees in Portland, Oregon. I did listen to the daily today after you you told me about it. Sorry. That's such a dark rain cloud. I wish we had a dark rain cloud right now. Like, ironically, we haven't yes, gotten rain like, in a long ass time. That was like time. the wrong thing to say to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a whole thing. So, like I said, just one thing, one um, problem sort of getting replaced with another. Um, Do you yeah. feel like when, for example, climate change and feeling very feeling the brunt of it in the sense of the place that I live is going through this like crazy unheard of heat wave yeah and knowing that that's just the output of a larger issue does that give you does that itself give you anxiety or does that just like bum you out and then you move on there's so much to unpack here so number one I just opened a box of worms can of worms can a box of worms a box of dicks bag of dicks i don't know (laughs) (laughs) so one thing is that in the daily episode the guy that starts it is lives in portland and he names i think an important thing that portlanders in particular have been struggling with that it's been like the epicenter of the news for the last year there were a hundred days of protests it was like the feds came in we have this crazy heat wave we had we were on fire for a while like it's just felt like one thing after the other um so i think taking all of that into account and knowing that like living here a lot of that stuff um a lot of like issues in general have come to light and particularly like I'll tie back to what we were talking about earlier, the like climate change conversation has really made me reconsider whether or not I think it's worth bringing another human (laughs) into Mm -hmm. the world. Um, So it is at the forefront of my mind because I do feel like I'm making to some degree life decisions about that. Like, I think that might also impact other people on like, where do I live? I was just talking to one of our coworkers who was like, do I need to move because like my state is on fire all the time now? Like, is this normal? Mm -hmm. I feel like it does. Yeah, it is now. And I feel like it does impact people's decisions. Yeah. I think the larger thing for anybody who is, living with a mental health condition is how do you even just learn to cope when the things that give you anxiety are things that are so far but beyond your control? Yeah. Right? Like 
you as like one person, like you can like start like reducing your use of plastic and carbon emissions, but that's not going to stop the next wildfire that season. Right. Okay. So but that- have you seen the thing that's like <laughs> the water's on fire and it's like all yes. these little boats that are like spraying water at it and it's like, reducing my plastic and like not using straws, <laughs> like trying to like address this major issue. One, it's like, yes. it's capitalism, bitch. Yeah. One hundred. <laughs> like what? Like somebody had told me we are actually in the sixth mass extinction, which mm. if the mic did not catch that, that's the number six, which I thought there was like one other, which was the dinosaurs. that shows you how much I know about our history but it's like the dinosaurs and then the ice age and then there was like I don't know you have google look it up it's like three four more but the humans are like now this like sixth one and we're like basically causing it and the world's going to shit and go get your medication people right We all have mental health issues post-COVID and will continue to with other things that replace it now that you are all lucky to have been blessed with a mental uh, health. So lucky. We're, we are all so lucky. Um, so lucky. Which actually, if I can just segue this conversation. Yes. I was having this conversation with somebody about, and I maybe it was something that reminded me from like a meme or something that I had sent you about how people with like a mental health issue make the best conversationalists. It's true. Conversationists. Oh my gosh. Did I just make up a word? I made up a word today. Don't worry. Okay. This is where we're at. (laughs) Um, Is that they're the, because I think you just like, they just understand so deeply like the depths of like, the human emotions. Right. We're also so not here a... for fucking small talk, people. Like, no, I hate the surface level stuff. Yeah. Oh, you bite your nails? You must have anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's how <laughs> we got started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, why did I say that? <laughs> You're such a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, so you're stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> um, so that was actually the thing that I wanted to bring up because I wanted to debrief with you after so many recommendations, um, the Bo Burnham special inside. Yes. Ugh. So good. I'm so glad you finally watched it because I was like, this is just a beautiful production of like humor and yet darkness coexisting. Mm-hmm. Like, incorporating the reality of mental health, particularly during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I like it deserved whatever nominations it got. Yeah. It just um, recently got six Emmy nominations. I saw that when I was just like looking up some news because when I was watching it, I was like, who is this guy? I've never Mm -hmm. heard of him. And I don't really follow comedy that much, which I will get into in a minute. Um, but I was I saw that he got six Emmy nominations. I forget which categories, but you know what? It's six more Emmys than Jim Jeffries got for anything. So <laughs> and I fucking hate Jim Jeffries. So Well, so I- 
<laughs> what? I think we need to unpack that. <laughs> we can unpack it another day. I'm not giving him a single more second of my breath. Yeah, that no. I well, I'm curious when you like when you watched it. What what did you expect? Um, like when I it was recommended to you, did you expect that it was gonna go down that path? Um, yeah, I literally when anybody recommends stand up specials to me, especially like stand up specials from like cis hetero white men, I'm mm-hmm. like. Oh, fucking great. Like, I'm going to hear this guy talk about, I don't know. I feel like I've heard so many jokes. Like, so I just got married last year and then like cheers. And then it's going to be like, and here's the thing about marriage. And then insert like super misogynist, super sexist joke Yep, about his wife. And I just, I'm like, are we still telling jokes like that in 2020 and 2021? And so I try, I take all comedy specials with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, so that was my first impression. Did you know who he was before? I didn't. And okay. I am similar in that I'm very hesitant to watch any comedy specials because I generally feel like, I don't know. I feel like I have specific taste in what I find to be funny and like it can also be painful to watch Mm -hmm. someone um but I didn't know who he was at all and I was like I also hate musicals Mm. so had anybody told me that it was a bunch of like songs strung together I would have been like fuck no I'm not watching that absolutely not Mm -mm. absolutely not in the heights get out of here like not watching (laughs) any of that shit la la land nope (laughs) nope Hamilton, maybe I'll give it a chance at some point, but not today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know who he was, but it was. And then when it started, it's like, oh, cool. This is really funny. And then it got fucking dark. And I was like, bro, I get it. <laughs> You're like, I love you. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Um, yes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you felt like this, but I 100% developed a crush on Bo Burnham, and I hate that I did. Yeah, with the beard, though. Yeah, I have 100%. requirements, and yeah, facial are, hair is one of them. Yeah, the quarantine <laughs> look I was all about. Um, I loved the low-fi quality, even though it was probably ex- filmed with, like, super expensive equipment. But regardless, I think it, like, captured, like, the essence of what isolation looks like yeah well that was the Um, other thing the production value like mm -hmm. the effects and all of that i was like it kind of put me into a self-loathing hole of like this guy could make this shit during a pandemic (laughs) yeah it's like i thought we all (laughs) said that you don't have to worry about creating anything and you created a netflix special right i'm like um Aside from a otherwise healthy Peloton addiction, I didn't do shit. Yeah, bitch, get this is not your room. Go, the other room is over there. <laughs> didn't create shit. Yeah. Like yeah. the fact his creative juices were still flowing, I'm convinced that people like that are geniuses. 100%. His timing was like impeccable. Um, I, also think the way that it was filmed and like the change in tempo mid song mm-hmm. just like illustrates like the manic side of living 
with right like one day yeah. you're up and then you're down and maybe i'm just reading way too much into it now but all of all of these songs just like captured like the certain moments of like having certain relationships digitally yeah that make so much sense like a lot of it is just like facetime with my mom humor. oh my gosh 100 <laughs> move your thumb move your move your thumb <laughs> and a white woman <laughs> It's it it was I thought it was great. Um you know what's even great? Tur better. <laughs> I was like, you know it's even mm. great. I was like, continue. <laughs> um so I was reading the YouTube like video, like the comments for the different videos because I wanted to go back and like hear them and just you know, just like consuming it all while I was like probably a little stoned on my couch and tired as fuck. Like I was like, I need to like really listen to these. Um, I just felt like everybody who like spends a lot of time online gets it. And the song Welcome to the Internet, the comments are hilarious. And I like even wrote some down like – Hold on. I'm going to read oh. some to you. Ooh, you really is, prepared. I did. I wanted to make sure I shared these with you more importantly than anybody else. <laughs> yes. So for anyone who doesn't I care. I can't wait to be the recipient. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't care about these YouTube comments or like thinking you can just look them up yourselves, um, this is just like internet gold. Like one was like for to the lyric, like see a man beheaded. The comment was like, shout out to that one ISIS beheading video we all somehow stumbled upon in middle school. Jesus. Do you remember that? This is why millennials have fucking problems, people. <laughs> what I was like, oh my God, yes. I yeah. didn't even connect that. And then there was another one. This should play every time someone opens a browser for the first time in their life. <sighs> so yeah, if you're going to have kids play that for them like yeah but you know how young they probably are yeah just put some headphones on them (laughs) they make little baby headphones yeah it's true but that's gross like when you think about how early a like child is opening up a browser for the first time i know there is nothing there for them to see so anyways um it's gold what else oh Ending on this one, that song is This Generation's We Didn't Start the Fire. Oh. I was like, that one is good. A bit on the nose, but it's good. So big Bo Burnham fan. I hate that I am sort of attracted to him. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's like, he's like the guy that was like the class clown that everybody was annoyed with. That's what you're into. But then you're like, oh, I fucking hate that I have a crush on him. And everyone's like, ew, you have a crush on him? You're like, no, I like Trevor. (laughs) I promise. (laughs) Trevor does sound like the attractive (sighs) douchebag. Yeah. Very dull. You Trevor's out there. Yeah. Body spray. So, you know, um, that's what I like. And I just thought, don't apologize for it. He has like a. They have, he has like a Hozier vibe, but he's like also like Hozier as a SoundCloud rapper. Right. I mean, his voice is great. 
the storytelling was great. The production <laughs> value was great. And I didn't actually realize this. I mean, we know they go hand in hand, but he it seemed like he focused primarily on the depression side with that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he also suffers from anxiety. So thank you for educating me on that from your little snippet you sent my me. Fandom, my fandom. My Bo Burnham fandom. Yeah, you had to – yeah, this one, see, he's got like um, more of a five o'clock shadow situation. His hair's not really done. Yeah. Are these Caroline vibes? Am 100%. I, am I it's getting like, you right there's now? Like, you know, there's like Chris Hemsworth, and I'm like, eh. And then there's like Bo Burnham, who's probably wearing like still like old laundry, and I'm like, great. His you. his tidy whities that he yeah. rocks, or are you just like, mm. I mean, you know what? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, but if it's coming off, it doesn't point. really matter. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it just got a little R-rated. Hey. Um. But the mental health connection, I think, was key. I don't think anybody has really done that in a way that felt very honest. I will also say I've been pretty impressed by the content that's come out more broadly mental health related over the last few months, call it. Um, There's that like Oprah special that came out Mm -hmm. um, that she's been doing with Harry, who's all over the place now. Harry and Meghan are everywhere. I can't keep keep track of them. It's a lot. Um, but yeah, I feel like more things are starting to surface and I'm, I'm into it. I hope it's not temporary and just a reaction to the pandemic. Totally. And that it's something that we keep talking about, but that's like everyone. Exactly. Like everyone just had this realization that like, Hey guys, I think people aren't okay. Yeah. During like a global <laughs> pandemic, we're like, you and I are like, yeah, we've been saying that for a while. Yep. Nobody's okay. <laughs> Nobody's okay. We are not okay. We are not okay. And that's okay. And that's okay. Oh, isn't that cute? That is cute. That is cute. I have, I have good things from time to time. Well, I think that's a perfect way to sign off. I love it. 